0: Hello there. What the Fs is three episodes new and we are still in our soft launch phase. Downloads are increasing and so are the interest levels. So many of you, yes, you, listener, have got back with feedback, suggestions, tips on the content, flow, listenability, likability, whatever, right? So thank you, thank you. Dhaniwad. This is also very exciting. Baut maza I am looking forward to making this series more chatty, more relevant, useful, entertaining, so it becomes part of your weekly ritual, right? So do keep sending your reviews, rate it on your podcast app, and if you like what you're hearing, do share with your friends too. Welcome to the fourth episode of What the F's. Rack's weekly take in five on fads, films, finance and fun with friends. In today's episode, a sizzling revenge tale served piping hot such that it makes you sit up and question some key assumptions in life. Yep. And a neat but overlooked way for beneficiaries to access owner funds in case of an unfortunate eventuality like death. So... What is the film? Well, every once in a while, a movie comes along under the radar, starts getting some buzz, but you never catch on what it's really all about, right? Based on how it's been marketed. And then, when you finally commit yourself to start watching it, you actually sit up, suddenly shaken out of your comfort zone, look away from the screen and at your partner, Who is also watching it with you? And both of you go like, Wow, this movie is so promising. And how come we are only getting to it now? And for the next 90 minutes or so, you are transfixed. And when the movie does get over, after a cliffhanger ending, and you can finally breathe again, you again look at each other and go, Wow, this movie delivered on the promise. And everyone we know should see it. In fact, the theme and story is so appropriate and timely, this should be required viewing for every college freshman, male or female, and their parents too, which in some ways is you and me. And that's exactly how it went down for us. And I can't wait to tell you about it and get you to watch it ASAP. The movie is Promising Young Woman. Yep, that's the name released late in December 2020, starring Carrie Mulligan in a fresh, bold, provocative role of a lifetime. It actually won the Oscars for the Best Original Screenplay this year and was also nominated for the Best Picture and Best Director. And what I was actually really bummed was that the Best Actress award didn't go to Mulligan although she was nominated for it. Especially when compared to, you know, Frances McDormand's role in Nomadland, which I totally didn't agree as the actual winner. I'm not recommending that movie, by the way. In fact, this is Carey Mulligan's second superb movie of the year. There is another hidden gem set in UK for right around the time World War II was starting out. We will um, excavate that movie together at a different time, though. So, in this one, Promising Young Woman, Carrie plays the role of Cassie Thomas, a 30-year-old medical school dropout, living with her parents, working at a coffee shop, and frequenting bars at nights, and allowing men to take her in a drunken state to their homes. But Cassie is sharp. She had a great future ahead of her before she dropped out. And this is not the life she was destined for. In short, she was a promising young woman. Is she still? What changed? What baggage is she carrying? The way Cassie's anguish, emotional upheavals and life experiences are relayed by Carrie Mulligan is nothing short of a tour de force. Hers is a great story on many fronts and the movie packages it well with suspense, thrills, comedy, and an underlying contemporary message that I would really like our college-bound generation to also imbibe. Who knows, it might even improve the choice pool of future Supreme Court justices. Okay, no further hints. Go watch it, folks. Available on Amazon Prime for renting and Total Paisa Vasool. Promise. All right, switching tracks to what the finance. Here's a pop quiz for you. You know what a will is, right? And a living trust, a probate, right? Maybe, maybe not fully. And you may want to understand better. So definitely something for us to have a podcast topic in the future. TK, But here's the quiz question for you. Ready? Take a bank account with an account owner. Simple one. Savings, checking, CD, what have you. In the unfortunate eventuality of the death of the account owner, which of the above, that is a will or a living trust, will allow the named or intended beneficiary to access the funds in that immediately? Now, I'm not trying to be morbid or anything. But something all of us anyway need to be thinking about, right? Just like insurance. Correct? So, just trying to make sure you understand the question, let me rephrase it. Can a beneficiary access the funds immediately on account owner's death using a will or a living trust? And the answer is no. Neither of above will help in that situation let's take an example of how it unfolds account owner has say 50000 dollars in checking or money market could also be a securities account you know stocks and all that upon his or her death the intended beneficiary named in the will or a living trust will not be able to access those funds immediately to say pay for funeral expenses or settle some other emergency spendings similar items it could take weeks or even months For that money to be available, even if it is out of probate. So, by being part of a living trust, right? Depending on the executor and other other factors. But there is a way. A neat, simple option that often gets overlooked. Everybody has busy lives, right? Especially in the US. But which trumps the about two in its scope and effectiveness when it comes to funds access. It's called... The Payable on Death Arrangement or a POD. Essentially, a POD is a bank account with a named beneficiary designation that allows the funds to be transferred or accessed by the beneficiary on death of the owner, bypassing the account holder's estate and skipping probate completely. There are actually two kinds of arrangements here usually with names sometimes used interchangeably a pod is for bank accounts like savings a checking money market what have you and a tod or transfer on death applies to securities and stocks and bonds etc there is another significant benefit for pod accounts that you should listen in that it allows the account owner to increase his or her coverage limit under fdic as you know the standard coverage limit for an individual's assets in a financial institution is $250,000. But say you have $500,000 across a particular institution, say Wells Fargo. Now you can split them into two accounts with two separate named beneficiaries using POD or TOD. And voila, your coverage now jumps to twice the standard limit. Three such accounts and three such separate beneficiaries, thrice the coverage. Cool, isn't it? Simple to take care of, but often overlooked here in the U.S. In India, you are forced to fill out the beneficiaries, also called nominations, during account opening. So mostly one is covered there. So do a self-assessment of your accounts, right? Figure out how many of them have named beneficiaries. If not, go ahead and get the process started with your institution. Finally, important to note that a POD is more powerful than a last will and testament, and will override the will. But of course, a will and a living trust are required and important in their own right. When? Where? Well, in one of the future episodes. We'll answer those questions. Alright, to wrap up. This week on What the Fs? Rack's weekly take in 5 on fads, films, finance and fun with friends. Shared Two recos and tips with you all. A revenge tale served sizzling hot, wrapped in a delicious story, something that should be required viewing for everyone, especially college-going kids, and an easy way to protect and ensure your assets and increase that coverage. Let me know what you think. Cello, tada, bye for now, and back again next Friday. And if you like what you heard, rate it on your podcast app and share the link with your friends.